Hi, this is Castlin. I'm Daisy. And I'm Brenna. And, and this, this is The Anchor. This week I interview Ms. Smith, Preston, and Finley, and we talk about some common math myths and just see where they stand with them. This week, Cass and I interview Ms. Jordan and Gage about common myths about school and what they think about them, and just learning more about what they do and how long they've been here. And lastly, we have a discussion with me, Brenna, Kyle, and Daisy, and we go over what we talked about this episode and how we feel about these myths. Let's get to it. And today we're here with... I'm Gage Martin. I'm Chrissy Jordan. And today we're just going to be learning more about them. And then we're going to start talking about myths about school. So, Ms. Jordan, how long have you been teaching at Lafayette High School? At Lafayette High School, this is my um, eighth year at Lafayette. I've been teaching 19 years total. What are the classes you teach? So this year I teach entrepreneurship and college and career readiness. That's the new graduation required class for all of the juniors. Uh, In the past I've taught Teacher Academy, ACT Prep, um, Personal Finance, Cooperative Education. Okay, Gage, and you're a senior at Lafayette, right? Right. And how long have you been a part of the media group? I've been a part of the media group since... Uh, 10th grade. I I joined because I thought I'd be getting into yearbook and I got put into media. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And what's your favorite subject if you had to pick like one of the main subjects in school? Can it be an elective? Mm, I guess. (laughs) This year probably be choir. And if you had to pick like math, English, or science, which one would you pick? Science, for sure. I've always been a science person. Ms. Jordan, did you go into college wanting to be a teacher? Yes, I have known since I was in third grade that I wanted to be a teacher, but um, my mother was not for that plan. She actually uh, failed student teaching at Tupelo High School, and she said, I don't really think teaching is what you should go into. You're really good in math. I think you should be an accountant. So when I went to college at Mississippi State, I majored in accounting, minored in economics, And just for fun, I took some education classes. So I took classes in special education, art, elementary ed, and then finally decided to graduate with my accounting degree and ended up going alternate route through Ole Miss. I was in the uh, one of the first alternate route programs that they offered. What's your favorite part about being a teacher? I think it's the moments that uh, students can relate to the topic that you're teaching or the, you know, if it's a conversation about needs versus wants or opening a checking account or a savings account and they're like, hey, I think I might use this someday because a lot of what we teach here in a school setting is really difficult to help students understand how they're going to apply that down the road. And so it's really great when you can have students in a class and in a lesson and they can recognize, I'm going to use this. And then the other thing I would say is when students come back to you and they're like, thank you for teaching me how to file my taxes. You know, I really did use Mm -hmm. that. Or thank you for talking to me about interest rates on loans and credit cards. And thanks for helping me get into college. You know, those are the things that you don't always get that instant gratification. It tends to come later. 
Do you use different types of teaching methods to help your students learn the best way? Of course. So one of the things that I do at the beginning of the school year is I give a learning styles inventory. And I like to know if my students are auditory, kinesthetic, tactile, or visual learners. And I'm going to end up teaching to all three styles, but mm -hmm. I like to know what the majority is. If I have a class of 25 kids and 20 of them are kinesthetic learners, then I know that we need to be moving throughout the class. I know that we can't just sit there and listen. We, we might not have um, really deep discussions. Uh, we need to be up and moving. Mm -hmm. But if I have a class that's, you know, pretty mixed, um, which would be ideal if you had a class that was auditory, kinesthetic, tactile, and mm -hmm. visual learners because then you can have PowerPoints, you can have uh, games where you move around, you can have discussions, you can take notes, you know, all of those things work together. So it, it's very important to know your students' learning styles. And Gage, what, do you know what your learning style is? I'm 100% kinesthetic. I fidget with everything I put in my hands and every single time I'm in a class and sitting down, I zone out to the point where I hardly can hear what the teacher is saying. So if we're not moving around, like you were saying, you know, getting the class up and moving around, uh, then I'm probably not going to learn a whole lot of anything. Do you have a favorite memory from your many years as a student at Lafayette County Schools? Okay, uh, probably the, uh, the trip to the Center of Manufacturing Excellence with Miss Porter in the Quest class. That was probably my favorite memory. Just going there and seeing all the gigantic like 3D printers and all the codes that are running over there. Ms. Jordan, do you have any favorite memories of your students since starting your teaching career? Oh, there's so many. You know, after 19 years, I've definitely experienced a lot in education. Um, I guess because you brought up Quest, Gage, um, one of my favorite uh, experiences with Teacher Academy was taking field trips. So I would take my Teacher Academy students and I would partner with other teachers in the district. And one that we always did was work with the Quest class. And um, one year they took their end of the year trip to Pizza Den. And my students um, got to go, but instead of just, you know, chaperoning a field trip and helping the students make pizza, they planned all of these yard games for them and outside games and we did um, like giant Jenga and we had a giant bowling set and then we had hula hoops we had um, other we made slime we made just all kinds of different things and so my students got to experience firsthand what it was like to plan all of those crafts and activities for the students chaperone the trip they got to make pizza too and then they had to come back and clean up everything. And, um, and so they got to start to finish, you know. And I think that was important for me uh, and just a great experience. Um, all the zoo trips that we would take. And having four kids myself, I got to go and experience a lot of things that I probably wouldn't normally have been able to do in, you know, teaching. But because I taught Teacher Academy and could take my students and combine it with my children and the school and everything, it just, it was a great time. So over the years, I bet you heard students complain about schoolwork and how they're never going to use it. So what are a couple of myths that you've heard from them or you know? Oh, gosh. Um, well, in education, you do tend to uh, receive more complaints than you do compliments uh, and praises. 
um, just because it's a lot easier to complain about something than it is to go out of your way and say, hey, I really appreciated how you did this or thanks for teaching me this, you know. Um, I definitely think that students um, probably don't enjoy uh, writing essays or writing mm -hmm. in general. And I think that probably comes with the shift in um, texting and Snapchat mm -hmm. and how you communicate with your friends. You know, if you go to any uh, restaurant and you see a group of kids or teenagers sitting down, even college kids, sometimes even adults, you see people sitting at dinner together and most of the time they have their phones out and they could be talking back and forth with each other but it's through a text message or a Snapchat or something of, along that nature instead of putting all of that down and having a conversation. You know, being able to form those sentences and form those thoughts and really have uh, deep conversations and really getting to know people. So when it's when we're talking about writing essays, mm -hmm. those are things that are going to come up later in life, maybe on an application for college or maybe in a class for college or maybe you're not going to go to college but you're going to go to work. You still could take that thought process of getting all of your thoughts together and taking that to a different setting, maybe an interview. Mm -hmm. So since think about some myths, we're going to have a game of true and false. We have some myths that we're going to read off, and we'd like you to respond with true or false, and then a short explanation of your answer. When we read them out, we're going to start with Gage's answer, and then we'll ask you. Homework means more learning. False. I feel like homework is a continued learning. It helps stay fresh on your brain while you're at home, but I don't think it... It depends on the homework, but it doesn't continue learning, per se. I think it... I'm going to say uh, true and false. Because um, in my class, I could see where homework would not be an extended learning to my class. Um, but I can see where it's beneficial in some classes. For example, math. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. So it's important to practice. I'm not saying you have to give homework every night, and I'm not saying it has to be hours and hours. Uh, because you can get the same practice from doing, you know, three things as you could doing ten. So new technology always helps improve learning. False. New technology is great for learning and in a lot of cases it is, you know, amazing for learning. Like uh, with the, for example, y'all, with y'all just getting the new MacBooks this year compared to what we had last year, we, uh, y'all can do so much more in y'all's class and learn so many more uh, programs and you know, things within media, but new technology also can set some kids behind some, you know, I guess video games coming out or some or, uh, people playing on their phone or not listening to the class. I'm going to say false, yes. Uh, I think technology is great. I love incorporating technology into my class, but I can see where down the road it will continue to cause um, some hardships um, with some students. For example, the recent news articles about spelling and mm -hmm. kids can't spell anymore because they're so used to um, spell check and autocorrect mm -hmm. and um, they haven't had that experience of actually writing words down and learning how to spell them. Schools pushing for higher education college rather than a trade. That, I could say, would be true and false, because nowadays, closer to today, people have been pushing trades as an 
you know, as a possibility outside of school. And we have the tech now, so it was always available to Lafayette students. But I remember always growing up, school and people I lived with, everybody always said you have to go to college after school, even if, you know, I didn't even realize, like, I thought that was the only option whenever I was a kid, and I know that that's where I'm going now, but there's a lot of kids who just aren't made for college, aren't made for school, and can excel way further in a trade such as welding or automotive. False. I'm such an advocate for trades uh, as well as higher education. Um, I think both are important, and uh, there are so many avenues that you could go and learn a trade, and it's still higher education because most trades continue learning. If you think of, let's take an automotive class, just because you complete that class, that's not the end of it. You can go and get your ASE certifications, and now I think there, there used to be six, there may even be eight now. And it's going to be continued education. It's not going to stop the day you, you leave that class. You're always learning. Things are always changing. Uh, in the automotive industry alone, you've seen the change and shift in technology and cars. They're almost mobile computers now. And so you have to have all of those skills in order to even work on a car. Schools push for all students to excel in every class, even if some students don't do well in that subject. Uh, also true. Like, I believe that is true just because you have to, for example, to graduate, you have to have an A in all of, or not an A, but a passing grade in all of English, uh, history classes, math, and science. Whereas some kids may be, you know, brilliant in science but can't do English or vice versa. I'm going to say it's true because um, schools should push students to achieve their best. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what your thought process was behind, you know, excelling, but in my class, I would push students to their maximum potential, mm -hmm. whatever that potential is. Um, for me, it's important to show students that they shouldn't just give up. They should continue to try to achieve whatever it is that they're trying to work towards. They need to have a goal. Students go unprepared into the world because some things were not taught at school. True. Uh, I'm glad that CCR now is a class and can uh, teach or teach students what they need to live in the world, which has always been necessary, but that hasn't always been a thing. Uh, that just got added two years ago, and that's the closest class next to ROTC that teaches kids what they need to have in the real world. Well, I'm going to say false because I've taught co-op, I've taught career pathway experience, I've taught um, career tech classes, I've taught personal finance. All of those things have been around. I'm so glad that CCR is now required because I think as a state we can now um, prepare our students to go to the next level, whatever that is, if it's college, if it's workforce, if it's military. Uh, whatever that next level is. So I, I know that for me personally, that's what I've been doing for the last 19 years is preparing students to go to the next level. Every class in high school is beneficial in the future. False. Namely because there are a lot of, I'll just say math classes, the, the ones that we had to take throughout the year that are teaching some things that I, I look at and wonder if I'm ever going to use that. Like we just went over imaginary numbers and I can't think of a time point in which I will use that, and I'm going into a scientific field. It's just there are some things that we learn in school that just kind of confuse me on why we have to learn it. 
I'm going to say false. There are some classes that I can think of that I took in high school that I don't think I've ever used any of that anymore. <laughs> um, I'm sure other teachers would say, oh my goodness, you should say true. You know, all of the classes are important. And as a whole, I'm sure they all play a role and a part. Um, as far as maybe a different path, if a student is choosing now we offer so many different graduation routes mm -hmm. you know um, it wasn't that long ago that it was one route and you had to take this set of classes to get this many credits to graduate from high school and now we have so many different options for students you know you can have the advanced option you can have the traditional option you can have the career tech option and so I think we're doing our part as educators to offer the variety and there's no, there's no set um, classes that you have to take. Uh, there's some flexibility. Mm -hmm. You have your required classes, but you also have the flexibility. You know, nobody's saying you have to have a certain, you know, all of the credits don't have to be a certain class, you know, or certain classes. There is some flexibility in there. Well, I just want to thank y'all for being on the podcast this week. I enjoy learning about y'all and y'all's views on these matters. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting us. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Daisy. Today I'm talking to Ms. Smith, Preston, and Finley about some common math myths and just getting to know their perspective of math. So let's get started. So how long have you been working at Lafayette? 24 years. Um, what classes have you taught while in the school district? I've taught um, trigonometry, algebra one, algebra two, pre-algebra, foundations to algebra. I think that's it. Um, how long have you guys been at Lafayette? Uh, I've been here since fourth grade. Uh, since sixth grade. What math class are you currently taking? Uh, accelerated geometry. Same. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that math is one of your stronger subjects? Yes. Sure, I yeah. <laughs> so what is it like to be a woman in the field of math? Okay, most teachers in education are females, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am an exception being teaching the subject of mathematics, being a black American, that's kind of, you know, unique. So in this school system, I think it's kind of unique to have a black math teacher. You guys agree? Yes, yeah. Um, what have you learned about the students over the course of your career here? You have those students who really work hard and would do well. You have those that are lazy. So if you push them, they would do well. You have those students who just need that motherly attention that they so desperately want from a teacher that once they receive that attention, they do well in a subject. Then you have those that are just low level and I don't care how much you try to help them, they have no parental guidance at home. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of take them where they are and just try to progress with them as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you guys learned about the teachers? Uh, I mean, I, some are cool. I like Miss Bullard. That's that's a G right there. She's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's like some teach some teachers like uh, just like like the way they teach, and then some teachers just don't. So it's like just it's either yes or no. I don't know. So do you have teachers that you really like, but like their teaching styles maybe don't? Um, work with you? Yes. Um, so for all of you, um, what's your favorite thing to do in math? 
I just like application problems where you apply what you learn to see if you really learn the objective that's been taught to you. Chris, you got this one first. I, I agree. I like the uh, doing application to what I've learned. Uh, I don't know. I was like, I like the one with the letters. <laughs> that's the best one, Miss Smith. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know the ones with the letters. Variable sweet. Variables. Uh, what is the most challenging part about math? For me, it's getting students who are not at the grade that they should be to teach them what I need to teach them. For example, with Accelerate Geometry, with this group that I have this year, I have a high percentage that are doing well that should be in here. In the previous years, I've had students in Accelerate that shouldn't be in here, and it kind of made my job more, I guess, challenging, mm -hmm. a little frustrating. So just having kids at the right grade level helps teachers that teach Accelerate classes. How do you determine who to put in the Accelerated? Whoever starts in middle school, they start in um, algebra one, eighth grade, is that right? Mm -hmm. yes, and then they get eighth grade math, they progress in the third program to high school level. Mm -hmm. So, what is the most challenging thing about math? Uh, algebra. I not like algebra. <laughs> um, I would probably say like variables. Just understanding variables was like really probably the most challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some misconceptions you've had about math or your math teachers that you kind of learned weren't true or you learned about them a little bit better to understand them more? I've always believed all students can learn math of some type, but can all students learn geometry? I'm afraid not, but all students can learn some type of math. You guys agree? Yes, ma'am. Um, the way that schools have advised math be taught has changed over the previous years and it switched to Common Core in 2010 for Mississippi. How has this changed the way you teach and do you feel that the change has been beneficial for the students? Well, I've always talked Common Core-wise, meaning that you teach kids real-world activities. How does it relate to them in the real world, meaning that I give you word problems, not just automatically, you know, solve this equation. You know, simplify this expression is reading something in words, figuring out what you're trying to find, and then going through the applications that you've learned. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think coming cool for me as a teacher I've been in place. So like I said, it started in 2010, so you've always had Common Core. Uh, do you think that that has affected your education because your parents were taught differently, so they don't might, they might not understand what you're learning? Yes, severely. We've had, I've had uh, many nights of conversations with my parents about this because she they don't understand something I I learned or, and I don't understand the, something they learned so yes it's affected us I think uh, not really I only talk to my mom about school I, I mean for real she just tells me to do good and then here I am there's been a lot of talk about transitioning to block scheduling next year um, do you think this shift will be beneficial I'm not gonna like block scheduling this is you know, different from what you are gonna think. I have the low-level kids, and so I have a lot of behavior problems. So I'm looking at 46 minutes now, behavior problems, going to block schedule, what, an hour and a half? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm probably gonna lose my mind, and I'm probably gonna retire, is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Ms. Smith, you retiring? Uh, um, I think, yes, like, I think it'll be beneficial in some areas, but some in, like, non, because, like, the class time will we'll get more out of it, I think, eventually, um, in the long run. However, like, with those classes that are, like, can go really off-topic a lot and very easily, it'll be less beneficial because of that. And I think activities will also be hindered because people will have to choose between this, this sport and this activity or whatnot.
Uh, I think it would be more beneficial because, like, you can get like uh, your two years of language done in just one year with like Latin one, Latin two. You can get done one year, and you have more like electives. Mm-hmm. So I can get art done. That's good. That's good. Um, so I'm sure you've sometimes heard students talk about it. Like Preston said it the other day, I think that they're never going to use this math in real life or that it doesn't have a function for anything. Um, do you have anything to say about this particular statement or any other like math myths that you've heard over the years? The bottom line is that you use math every day. You don't realize you use it, but you do. For example, let's talk about patterns in geometry. When you got this morning, Preston, did you look at those socks before you put them on? Nope. You just put them on. Well, They're two different it's socks. called clothing <laughs> coordination. Your black socks match your pants. So that's called a pattern in geometry, which is a geometry concept. Yes. So every day you do use math. You don't realize you do. That's not math. The bridges, making those shapes, you know, parallel lines so you can roll across the road and not fall into the water and maybe drown. So geometry, I can just speak for geometry and algebra one. It's used every day. People don't realize that it is. Um, So going off what you were just talking about, we're going to play a little game of true or false. I've got a series of statements about math or school that I'll read to you, and then I'd like you to respond by saying if you think it's true or false, and then give a little explanation. So number one, math is only used in math class, not the real world. False is used in the real world. Think about you have a $100 bill, the puzzle we did the other day. Hmm. If you go in and got a $100 bill, you go in and say you buy 25 got over items, how much change you get back? Oh, math has been used. Subtraction. Uh, that's a cashier, though. <laughs> I, think, I think. Not me. <laughs> I think okay, what if math I give you back used. the wrong change? How are you going to know you get the right amount of change back or not? Do you yeah, not yeah, yeah. You right. <laughs> um, I think it's used, but like, not like all math is used every day. So, like, that math, uh, math is definitely used, but not like every. Yeah, everything that you learn in math is used. So. Mm-hmm. Number two is some people have a math brain and some don't. True. True. And I forgot which side it is, but one side of your brain is more applications, you know, number theory that people understand, and you got the other side abstract. So if you're good in geometry, typically you may not be good in algebra and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Number three, boys are better at math than girls. No. False. false. I think it depends <laughs> on the student. If you try, you do well. Mm-hmm. It's a myth. The only part of school that matters is grades. False. False. No. Social Ooh. gatherings, you know. Oh, yeah. Learning to get along instead of working together, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. And learning academics, it comes in, in time, place for everything. But I just think being social, you know, just mingling. Yeah, social mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. Number five, only people with a good memory can do math. False. False. Yeah. Well, True. Applications are all about practice. Think about it. If you practice like five plus four, mm-hmm. use your fingers, you can count. So you don't have to memorize this nine. Think about it. I memorized it. But you don't have to. Young age. But you don't have to. That's what she's saying. So. But like, what about all the, what are they called, formulas? You have to memorize those? No, you have to learn how to apply them. We give you a formula sheet, remember? Mm. Mm. Okay, Miss Smith. <laughs> uh, number six, it's always best to do math problems quickly. False. 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 Do it your own pace. I run into this problem a lot. Yes. I, speed, I speed up, go too fast. Number seven, math is not creative. True. <laughs> it's just the same thing, just like different numbers and letters. It's all the same. In geometry, because I don't have the time that I need, which would be beneficial if we had a box schedule, 
we could use protractors, we could use compass, we can make flowers, be creative, make designs. Mm -hmm. So geometry could be more creative than what I have time because my lot of time to put in mm -hmm. to get you ready for ACT, PSAT. I can't do too much creative things. And the last one, uh, teachers don't care how well you do in school. Mm. Wait. False. Wait. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought you were. I was like, what? How do you know we care? Mm hmm. I say you care because you're always getting on to us. <laughs> um, yeah. I was talking to Ms. Bautista and she was talking about you and she's saying you would do pretty much anything for your students, but you would blame it on them the whole time. Yes, What about you always saying the boys? Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is always but am I not telling the truth like Um, Do you have anything else to add? I do not. I enjoyed this interview. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Preston, Finley, and Ms. Smith for joining me on the podcast today. I learned a lot from their answers, and it really made me think about people's different perspectives on math. Hey, I'm Kyle Charlie, and I'm back, and we're sitting at a round table right now, and I'm really fancy in the library. And we're going to be talking today about some uh, myths that we uh, that we having school and stuff. So I'm just going to let everybody introduce yourself so everybody knows who they're here. Um, I'm Daisy Noble. I'm Kathleen Trist. And I'm Brenna Williams. All right. So um, homework. I feel like this is a big myth, like homework helping people. It depends. That's in my opinion. Like it's really, yeah. it's, very, it's very much a uh, what kind of homework are we talking about? Are we talking about busy work or are we talking about going and um, – like uh -huh. researching paper, research papers. I think homework is best when it's sort of like self-guided probably. Like if you're like, I need practice with this, I'm going to do some homework to make myself more confident in this. I think that would be where it's necessary. Um, so the, the teachers will assign it because they know students aren't going to do that themselves. But I think eventually it gets to a point when they're just trying to give you enough work to like have, get you to have something to turn in that doesn't, yeah. that's not helpful. Yeah, like kind of going off of that, like sometimes like just giving us like excessive amounts of homework is just, I feel like too much. Sometimes like, I, yeah, we need practice, but sometimes I feel like we're giving like way too much in that some, some, because some students do need more help, but I feel like sometimes it's, they kind of reach over the limit of it. I feel like practice always helps me in math when I do my homework, because I feel like it always helps me do better in class. I feel like math is a big one, but I feel like a lot of people would, it also depends on how you do it, because mm -hmm. as math part, homework is important, there's a lot of people that sit there, get their own little phone, and go on photo math, and just boom. Mm -hmm. So it's about doing it, guys. Homework yeah. will help. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think also homework is sometimes helpful because you don't have like the pressure of doing it in like a certain time limit. Yeah. You can just do it kind of on your own pace. Mm -hmm. The next one is um, technology improves learning. I, I'm going to have to disagree on this one. I do, too, because I, I feel like as much as technology can help us learn, it's also such a big distraction. And then, like, as some new kids are coming, like, as some kids who don't have technology at home or don't have experience with it, then they're having to come to school and, like, learn, learn how to do the new technology while also having to learn school. And I feel like that's kind of too much for some kids. I prefer pencil and paper. I'm old school. 
<laughs> right. Um, I think technology is helpful to a point, like everything else, pretty much. Like, I mean, you have a lot more resources if you use technology. You have a lot more like ability to make things. Like, we use a lot of technology. We're using it right now. We wouldn't be able to yeah. do the podcast without it or the broadcast. So yeah. I think it yeah. gives you a lot more opportunities. Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, on this one, we're going to have math. Math is a big one that everybody always argues with. So we're going to stay on the math course. And um, this one is math is only used in math class and not in the real world. As someone that has a job and is a little bit older than y'all, math, as much as y'all hate it, is used. Like, I, I work in a pizza dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I still use math almost every single day. Like, filling up the little ranch cups to the top and making sure I don't do too much or too little. Like, math is used. I don't think y'all understand that. I'm still confused. Um, How are you using math for the ranch cups? <laughs> it's a box, right? It's a box. Yeah. Have you ever, you know how, like, you have to find, like, what is it? Uh, how much, like, the, I don't know. Like, you ever, like, the squares or how many squares will fit it into something? Yeah, yeah. Like it's the same thing since it's ranch cups fitting into a container. And so okay. I use math to pull out the right amount of... Uh, so counting? Contain- yeah, counting. <laughs> counting. But, I, but oh you God. multiply. But, like, I don't... Like, there's some, like... Let me think of an equation. Like, some of those long equations, mm-hmm. I don't... Like, and then you have to memorize the equation. I'm like, when am I going to use this whole equation? I mean, there's a lot of stuff like graphing and stuff, like, that... It gets pretty specific with what you're going to use it for. So, like, maybe not like everybody's going to use it. But, like, people will use pretty much everything that's made. Like, why would you make something if you're not going to use yeah, it, it, you really know? it really depends on, like, what you're going to do after high school or whatever yeah. you're going to do. I mean, Ms. Smith made a pretty convincing argument. <laughs> like, she was pointing out, like, Preston's socks and, like, <laughs> f- like match math and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> she did a good job. It's just like it depends on what you do. If it, like that's a minimum wage job that I'm doing, I'm so using. I, I, you know, and it, a lot of times you use math and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You just it just doesn't go through your brain. Even if it is counting on your fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, if you want to be an engineer, a lot of these long, stupid uh, yeah. stuff is you're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, math is important. Ooh, I love this one. Some people have a math brain, and some people don't. This is true. This is actually yes. scientifically proven. Because, like, I feel like sometimes, like, especially when I'm in class, whenever some students are like, what are we doing? And then some kids are like, oh, this is easy. Because I feel like some people can take and build upon, like, what is given in math. So as they go through math, it's just, it's, it's, it's easily given. And, um, like, another thing I've heard is that, like, if you're, if you're really good at math, you're also like really musically talented. And I feel like that kind of goes into it of like being like one brain sided, you know, like mm-hmm. if you have one or the other. I guess that's because I'm really good at math <laughs> and I'm musically talented. So I guess you're right, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, that does not work with me. I'm not musically talented. <laughs> I can hardly read music, but I can do math. I mean, I think people, depending on how they're taught, can like they can learn math like I think you don't have to have a math brain but the way you learn math is different for everybody and not everybody mm-hmm. can learn it the way that it's being taught so I mean I would disagree on that one yeah people learn math differently this is something I don't know I forgot who it was I think it was I forgot who it was one of my math teachers 
I, I don't have a math teacher, so <laughs> I forget. One of my math teachers a few years ago asked us how we wanted to learn math because she knows people learn math differently. It just depends on if you have more people. I found what the brain things are. But mm-hmm. some people are more inclined to English and some people are more inclined to math. That's usually how it goes. I am a more English person. Y'all seem to be very mathy. <laughs> so <laughs> the way we learn stuff is going to um, just going to, mm-hmm. you know, be different. It's just how it works. Ms. Bautista was talking about when she took geometry and how she almost failed until she realized that geometry was just graphic design. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. Like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm also sucking at math. I mean, <laughs> graphic design, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, boys are better at math than girls. Uh, that's cap. That's, <laughs> that's cap. Know, so that is like one of the most false things I think. About. I, I suck at math, and y'all are all girls, and y'all just say <laughs> you hit math. Like, I feel like it doesn't, gender has nothing to do with mm-hmm. your learning, you know? Like, everybody does, I feel like everybody has their own learning way, but I don't feel like your gender has anything to do with it. I, th- yeah. I feel like that came around because more guys are in construction and stuff, mm-hmm. so obviously they use math more. But I feel like that's just a... Yeah, I think it's just like gender roles kind of, they make people think things that nece- mm-hmm. aren't necessarily true. And I also think sometimes, like, girls feel like they have something to prove. And if they get it right, they're going to be, people are going to think it's just luck. And if they get it wrong, they're gonna, it's going to feel like proof yeah. that they can't do it. So I think sometimes that's also a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, and you can, I mean, anybody can do anything when you really put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Then I'm going to switch it up, and we're going to go over here to um, every class in high school is beneficial in the future. All right. See, I don't know about this one because I'm trying to think of a class that hasn't benefited me in some way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not about the whole class in general, but more like about some of the stuff we learn in them. Yeah. Like, I know somebody was talking to me about this literally just the other day about when on earth or why do we have to talk about Shakespeare so much? Like, unless you're going to be an English teacher or English major, it's kind of like why do we or why are we forced to learn about like Shakespeare and all these other like books. I think part of that, I think no class is like wasteful because it's all knowledge that you can possibly use. But like for Shakespeare, it's kind of just learning about like where things came from and how things were created. And even if you're not going to use that, you know that and you can kind of put everything in perspective. It's like, why do we learn something if we're going to use a calculator later? So you know what the calculator is doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like, everything may not be put to use, but I think it's good to know. Yeah, like, it was so interesting when Ms. Bullard, like, explained, like, where the English language came from, like, mm-hmm. all these things different happen. Even though we really don't have to know about it, but it's cool to know, like, mm-hmm. why English is so difficult to learn mm-hmm. for some people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a big point here, right? In, in no way, shape, and form, unless you're going to be an art major, is art important. But the lessons that I learned in art from Mr. G, one of my favorite teachers of all time. He's a great person. I think it's not always going to be about the class, but you learn a lesson in every single class. I think I think every single class you will learn something that will help you in your future. Yeah. And is my opinion. And I also feel like some people feel like certain classes don't help because that's not their stronghold or that's not what they're going to do in the future. But I feel like every class is necessary for the people that do need those. Like, I 
I have to be honest, I hate science. It's I I hate science Word. so much. I'm not going anywhere near science whenever <laughs> I graduate. But, you know, I feel like some people do want to go into the science part of it, and some people will need that, so I feel like that's why we do have to take it. Um, I think part of it is, like, yeah, you should give people the ability to experience things and find out what they like and they don't like, but also it kind of makes a well-rounded person to have these skills. And I think, like, for art, you get you're able to look at things from a different point of view and like like get a little more creative and know that everything's not going to be perfect and that kind of I think applies to other classes and everything. stuff. Everything. It applies to life. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are running out of time. So I'm just going to do one more real quick and then we're going to close. All right. So, I see this, this is my this is the last one on the page and I want to talk about this one so much. So we're going to do it. So, teachers don't care how well students do in school. I come completely disagree mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all feel about that but I completely disagree Miss Bullard Miss Atkinson Miss Atkinson yelled at me for not paying co- for not taking comp this year Miss um, Irby you know some of these people have been like my favorite Alvarez even you know yelled at me for having to take his Spanish class because I didn't care until the end of the year I mean doing bad in his class until the end of the year like it's not that's not how it goes like they want us to do well mm-hmm. I think they want us to do well and like they'll try and help us until a certain point if we don't put anything in ourselves they're gonna there's nothing they can do but if we kind of if we follow what they're they've given us I think we can like they'll keep helping us and I feel like sometimes like you can like get stuck with that mindset of they don't really care or it feels like they don't see like that you're struggling but sometimes you do have to reach out and sometimes like teachers do have a lot of other students and you have to think about they're trying to think about all of y'all and that you do like if you feel like you are struggling you're gonna have to reach out about it because they it's sometimes hard for them to see that you're struggling mm-hmm. I know a bunch of our teachers all want us to succeed in everything we do and they're gonna help us no matter what yeah but like Kevin said it's all about the communication between us and the teacher because I know all of our teachers are willing to help yeah. teachers love y'all guys y'all just mm-hmm. have to put in the effort and if you don't put in the effort then they're not gonna put in the effort for you yeah. and that's just that's how life is that's how you get fired from jobs is <laughs> <laughs> not putting in effort and I feel like school is where you learn that and that mm-hmm. probably was a miss somewhere on here that I just explained you know mm-hmm. it's just put in the effort and the teachers will um, teachers are gonna are gonna help you so thank y'all for listening and uh maybe we can do this again sometime yeah thank you for having us thank you well that wraps up the first season of the anchor thank you to all our guests who joined us on the podcast and to all our listeners who stuck with us i'd also like to thank everybody who worked on the podcast like graphic designers producers hosts Everyone did such a great job this season. See you all next time.